Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Ladies, welcome back. I hope you are doing well and happy Tuesday. Thanks for being with me today. I have dived into my H. pylori protocol. I'm about two weeks in and man, oh man, it has been an interesting journey. I did my GI map test quite a few months ago and was working on just basically doing some like detox protocols and some extra gut support and then recently dove into really clearing out my H. pylori. And it's been interesting. It's definitely been an interesting experience. It's been a little bit rough for sure. I've had quite a few headaches. I have felt really, really tired. And it's very interesting because I started my protocol right as I was heading into my follicular phase of my cycle. And that's typically when, for the most part, many of us will feel really energized and happy and just feel really good. And that's typically how I feel, especially during my follicular phase. I have energy, my workouts are great. I've got this like great strength and I feel really happy and my moods just like feel really great. And to be quite honest, most of the time I would say, like 97% of the time I'm in a pretty happy mood. I'm a really like happy person and, you know, happy-go-lucky and all of that and really joyful. Like really, that's how I truly feel a lot of the time. And it's been so interesting going through this protocol because I have been feeling quite the opposite. My moods have felt a little bit flat. Like I just feel really blah. And I mean, that's kind of what comes with the territory. Really just... I'm killing things. I'm killing things in there. And it's just been causing me to feel a little bit off. So I've just been really honoring that and slowing down. And the other day I was heading to my basement to go work out. And I was like, honestly, I could just take a nap right now. I'm not feeling it. And I have a headache. And I just was like, screw this. I'm not doing this. And I need to just literally go lie down. So really just honoring that process. And if you're listening to this and you're personally going through a protocol right now, or maybe you're going to embark on an H. pylori protocol, you know, these things can come up and you can feel really off. And sometimes what happens is we feel off and then it causes us to stop, right? It causes us to stop our protocols and not move forward with it. And if you can just push through and just really honor what's going on with your body and making sure you're staying hydrated and things like that and sleeping and resting, you'll get through it. And when you come out the other end of it, you're going to feel so much better. So I'm sticking with it, but just sharing that the process has been a little bit up and down. And I never would have thought that my moods would have been impacted, but they definitely are. So I am really thankful from hearing from so many of you for two reasons. I get so many people reaching out who are loving the Eaton Hemp CBD oil and their products. And I love when you guys share that with me. And also a couple weeks ago, we did a episode with Stephen all about your gut health and optimizing your gut and And we were chatting about his products over at healthygut.com. And some of you have purchased them and have started. And I'm already getting awesome, amazing reviews of their enzymes and their HCL and like all the stuff. And I'm telling you, if you guys are going through 
just some gut issues right now and digestive issues. If you're feeling bloated, if you're feeling gassy, if you're having you know irregular bowel movements and things are just not really regular with you and you just feel really off when it comes to gut health or digesting food and just eating food in general, I definitely recommend going through their healthy gut protocol. And that would be using the HCL guard, using their enzymes, and then using the tributarin X, which we're going to dive deeper into in a future episode. So stay tuned for that and keep me posted on how your experience is going. Their products have just been really game changer for me. And their HCL guard is amazing for supporting regular bowel function, helping reduce GI bloat and any discomfort and pain that you're experiencing. And their holozymes are by far one of the best that I've used. And really, again, great for reducing bloating and gas, but also very helpful for supporting healthy blood glucose levels. And if you add in the tributarin X in there, that's where it's really going to add on that healing the gut, like really healing leaky gut and really encouraging regular bowel movements. And one of the great things with that product is it helps to soothe histamine and mast cell reactions. So if you've been dealing with like a lot of environmental allergies or just allergies in general, which was definitely something that I was going through, you're going to have a really great experience using that product. And not only that, if you suffer with like just a dysfunctional immune system, leaky gut, chronic inflammation, any food sensitivities, then you're going to really notice a big improvement with using the Tributarin X and just really going through their protocol there with their three products. So if you're looking to get your hands on them, you can save $15 off. And if you're in the US, there is also free shipping. So head on over to healthygut.com forward slash healthy hormones. Again, that's healthygut.com forward slash healthy hormones. And continue to reach out to me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. Send me your DMs. Let me know how it's going for you. I love, love, love hearing your results and just knowing how you guys are feeling. And then also with Eaton Hemp, you guys know you can save over there too. So many amazing testimonials of how it's been helping you with sleep and with anxiety and supporting your moods. And I just, again, love hearing that. They are really an amazing CBD company. I use their extra strength, as you guys know, before bed, and I take one dropper full. And I've also been really loving their CBD infused super salve. And I really love to use this. If I've like, I can be like pretty... I don't want to say injury prone per se, but I often have times where I bump into things like I bump into the corner of my desk or things like that. I bump into the corner of our kitchen table like it often happens and I can bruise really easily. Super Solve is great for that. It's also been really great for like soothing sore muscles. So for example, I had some tightness after the gym and after my workouts like in and around my calves and also like my quads. So I was using their Super Solve for that. And then also for PMS cramps. It's been amazing. So just that week leading up to my cycle is where I start using the salve and it's awesome. And I love the smell of it. So it's a really great product. You guys can save 20% off at eatonhemp.com. Use the coupon code healthy hormones. And again, let me know in my DMs over on Instagram how these products are working for you and how you guys love them. All right. So let's switch gears and dive into our episode today. I'm really excited to be interviewing Nora Deborah. She's a preconception health coach, holistic nutritionist, and fertility awareness practitioner who helps women prepare for pregnancy and have a healthy baby after 30. 
through her signature program, Master Your Cycle to Get Pregnant. She teaches women how to optimize their hormones and fertility by harnessing the power of their menstrual cycle with nutrition, cycle charting, and self-care practices. When she's not coaching, you can find her indulging in gourmet burgers, sweating in a yoga class, or on long hikes with her husky. So it's a really awesome episode today. And we work with so many women in our practice who are looking to really optimize their body for fertility. And there are really important steps to take. And Nora really does break that down in detail for you. We chat about, you know, why it's important for women to take time up front to really prepare their body for pregnancy and what that timeline is really going to look like before you start trying. And we also dive into the 4R method for preparing your body for pregnancy and what this really includes. We talk about men, we talk about sperm testing and some really important things that women should know when it comes to pregnancy testing. So some really great information that you guys are gonna get today. And if you're listening to this and you are over 30 and you are beginning your journey of conceiving, then I really hope that you're gonna find this episode valuable. And if you have other friends and family and women in your life that can really benefit from this information, do share this episode episode with them so we can support them in the best, most holistic, natural way possible. So let's dive in. Enjoy. Hi, Nora. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for being with me today. Hi, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to dive in today. I would love it first if we can dive into just who you are and what you do. Tell our audience. Yes. Awesome. I'm Nora Deborah, and I am a preconception health coach and holistic nutritionist. And I'm just finishing up a certification for my fertility practitioner certification. Amazing. So yeah, I do a lot of different things, but mainly I help women prepare their body for pregnancy and have a healthy baby after the age of 30. Because I don't know what your scenario, Sam, is, but for me, I'm in my late 30s and no babies yet. I have always deeply desired to be a mom and have a family and it will happen for me. It's just a matter of time. And so, you know, preparing my body as best as I can and I'm helping other women do the same. Oh, that's so exciting. And so how did you get into this niche specifically? What made you decide I want to work with fertility? Yeah. So it kind of started mainly from my personal journey. And I mean, I kind of came into health and wellness in my late twenties, early thirties. Prior to this, I was an HR professional and I worked corporate for about seven, eight years. And as I transitioned over into health and wellness and became a holistic nutritionist and a trainer and a yoga instructor and all that fun stuff, I kind of started just working with the general population. And then as I was moving through my thirties, and realized, you know, there was no significant partner in my life. And just kind of going back to what I shared with me just being a single woman in my late 30s, I kind of knew this by the time I was in my mid 30s that I was like, okay, I want to have babies, but I'm in my mid 30s. You know, there's no one that is specific that I want to have children with yet. So I'd like to wait. And then I just started to do a little bit of a deep dive into the research. What can I do to optimize my fertility? Because as a holistic nutritionist, you know, very healthy, health conscious, doing all the right things. When I dove into the research, I was like, OMG, so much noise out there, so much contradicting information. And I thought as soon as I dove into it, I got this, I'm good. I'm a health practitioner. This is going to be easy. And then I was like, oh my goodness, there is so much information out there. I, as a practitioner, I felt so overwhelmed and confused. And that was literally that game changing moment for me where I was like, 
if this is confusing and overwhelming for me, I could just imagine what it's like for so many other women and couples out there because totally. as we'll chat, it's 50% egg, 50% sperm. So that's when I decided to just kind of shift from general population and niche into the fertility space. And now I've been doing this for a few years and it is the most rewarding job I could ever ask for. Mm, So when I get that positive pregnancy test from clients, I'm like, I'm pregnant. That's what it feels like. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. And I know the feeling too, working with so many women over the years and they message you and they're just like, Hey, there's almost this like, uncertainty of like how to approach it because we're addressing one protocol and doing one thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I'm pregnant. And it just came out of nowhere, you know, and you're just like, Oh my God, it's so exciting. I love that. So I know it's such a rewarding feeling and yes, I am also in my late thirties as well. And so, I mean, my partner and I talk about having kids, it comes up in conversation, but we're, we're probably more on the no side right now than anything. So just like working through that and feeling our way through that in all honesty. So yeah, it's such an important niche to be supporting because so many women and couples, like you said, really need support in this area. And I know the confusion and I can also just think of like so many friends who are actually pregnant right now and literally have like 17 pregnancy books that they're, they're reading. It's like, so much stuff to go through, right? Like it's so overwhelming. So yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? Because you have all this great information and knowledge, but then at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, where do I begin? What do I listen to? And how do I not get too stressed and overwhelmed with all of this information? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So lots of stuff to dive into. Let's start with why is it important for women to take time up front and prepare their body for pregnancy? Absolutely. So I like to look at it as when I'm explaining this to clients or talking to, you know, anybody in my community, for women to have a baby, we need to ovulate. And women are born with all of our eggs. And so we call these primordial eggs. These are eggs that were born with since we were in our mom's belly. And then once we get our period, obviously the eggs start to release and then the egg quality and quantity starts to decline as we age. And that is just biology. You know, women can still have very healthy babies all the way up into their early to mid forties. But when it comes time to actually ovulating that time of ovulation, when you actually do get pregnant, it takes approximately the research shows 90 days, but there's been further research that now shows it could take even up to seven to eight months for that primordial egg to start to develop and mature, it could be about a three to seven month window for that primordial egg to mature before it actually releases at ovulation. So anything and everything you do that you put into your body and the environment that you surround yourself with within that three to seven month window prior to actually conceiving is going to impact and influence whether or not you conceive because it's going to impact the quality of that egg. And it will also impact the health of that baby and that egg. And then, you know, as then that baby is born and then grows up. So there's quite a bit of lead time up front that we should be doing to detox our body, to optimize our fertility, to increase the egg quality so that when it actually does ovulate at that time of conception, you are working with the best raw materials possible. And one Additional thing I'll say to that as well is because 50% egg, 50% sperm, just for spermatogenesis from the time sperm kind of develops until it's in its most mature state before it can actually fertilize an egg, that window, that lead time is about 72 days. So about two and a half to about three months, you can change the quality of egg and sperm with, you know, I'd say at minimum three months. So that's always what I tell. But then obviously, depending on not everybody is walking into life 
completely perfect and healthy. We right. all have our imbalances. We all have our issues. So it's a matter of really taking that time up front to balance our hormones, get healthy, and then now add that extra layer of, you know, improving the quality of the egg and sperm. For sure. Okay. So in terms of like the ideal time to prepare the body for pregnancy before you even start trying, would you say that's different from preparing the body? Like are those two different timelines or? No, they would be the same. The, okay. So yeah. Now, ideally I'd say at minimum three months prior to wanting to conceive. Okay. But then again, if you've been on birth control, if you've been on hormonal contraceptives right. and you're just getting off that, I always say, give yourself a 12 month lead time. Yes. So it's very dependent on the individual. Absolutely. As we know, it always depends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, there's so much that you mentioned there. I want to dive into like 50% egg, 50% sperm, because I mean, there's just obviously so much pressure and so much information about women's health specifically when it comes to pregnancy. And I mean, it takes two. So I feel like, yeah, there's so much neglected when it comes to men's health specifically and sperm quality. And do you recommend, I mean, I know what the answer is, but do you recommend <laughs> if women are diving in and doing hormone testing and, you know, taking charge of their health and learning about their cycle and ovulation, shouldn't men be doing the same thing too, in terms of optimizing their health and their hormones and all of that? 100%. I'm glad you brought it up because I'd love to share a few key points about sperm. Awesome. With sperm, actually, we are in 2021, we are actually currently in what's called like a sperm crisis. If you dive into the research, yeah. first of all, fertility clinics are popping up everywhere. One in three couples have challenges with fertility issues. Right. And 40% of people who are deemed infertile, 40% of that is male factor. So 40% of that comes from sperm. And so there is unfortunately right now a new lower limit that the World Health Organization has put on sperm parameters. So whenever I work with clients, heterosexual clients who are, you know, there is a male and a female, because right now there's so many different ways to have babies. For sure. But if I have a client who has a heterosexual partner and we're working with a male, 100%, one of the first things I always tell my client is, go get a sperm analysis done, please. Right. Once we get that sperm analysis done, we can see the concentration of the sperm, how much sperm they have, the motility and the morphology of it, giving us so much data, at least as a benchmark saying, okay, this is what we're working with now. Give me these numbers. And then again, let's take that time over the next three months to optimize their sperm using mainly supplements, nutrition, and lifestyle factors to help boost that sperm. So 100%, Sam, we have to look at both. Yeah. Because like majority of the time, we always think baby, women carries the baby, of it's course. in our belly, Yeah, but it takes two to tango. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So nutrition wise, what are some steps that you recommend for, I mean, both men and women that they can take when they're prepping for pregnancy? Mm -hmm. So the wonderful thing about preparing for pregnancy for both egg and sperm is that majority of the nutrients needed to increase egg quality is the same for sperm. Love so if you're living in the same household, <laughs> you're just making all that delicious food and eating it together, knowing that you're boosting both your egg and sperm. So there's no two separate meal plans, none of that stuff. Just, you know, they're essentially the same. So I actually have a kind of methodology that I've kind of put together and I call it the four R's to getting pregnant. And right. this kind of really helps people understand what they need to do nutritionally kind of in an organized manner to really optimize their bodies. Can I run through that with yeah, you? Yeah, please do. 
Yes. Okay. So the first one is really remove. The first R is removing. We know that obviously food can be your poison. It could be your medicine. And so we need to remove the inflammatory foods and foods that are not serving your body. So let's just list a few of these kind of commonly known foods. I'm sure most of them are not going to be like, oh, I didn't know that. These mainly are, you know, like refined processed sugar. Reducing your consumption of caffeine is a really big one because caffeine affects cortisol. And for women, progesterone is made from cortisol. So it's really important to make sure that we're minimizing our caffeine intake. We also want to really minimize, if not completely avoid industrial seed oils. So staying away from the canola oil, the safflower oil, the rapeseed oil, because they're just really highly processed and inflammatory to the body. Right. And then last but not least, and this one is an iffy one, and it just totally depends on the individual. But gluten can be a big one, especially if you have a thyroid problem. Yeah. So, you know, I always tell my clients or anybody listening, figure out if you do have an intolerance to gluten and then figure out what your threshold is and how much you can actually take in and how much is going to be detrimental to your health. For sure. Okay. Those are great. So remove, that's the first R. What are the next yes. ones? <laughs> So after you've removed, we then want to replace, we want to replace these nutrients with fertility boosting foods, right? So one of the key foods that is so important for fertility and as we get into pregnancy, so I try and teach my clients to get, learn how to eat this properly up front is protein. Protein is the building blocks of life, right? So it's so important, especially as women do get pregnant to eat at least hundred grams of protein per day when you are pregnant. A lot of women don't get this amount of protein in a daily intake. Yep right? I'm sure we could talk about this and for an entire podcast. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So protein is a big one. And if you're vegan or vegetarian, it's so important to know your protein sources and where you're going to get them from a plant-based source so that you can make sure you're getting that adequate protein. So, you know, plant or animal-based protein, getting that into your diet every single day, making sure your meals are balanced. In addition to that, healthy fats are another really big one. As we know, the fats are precursor to the development of the hormones, I should say. So getting in those healthy fats, like your nuts and seeds, making sure that they're organic as best as you can, eating those healthy oils, cooking with healthy oils, as opposed to those industrial seed oils, like coconut oil, avocado oil, grass fed butter, those are so important. And in addition to that as well, we want to increase our folate and fiber rich foods. So as we know, kind of eat that rainbow, lots of dark leafy greens and vegetables in the diet. We want to be moving our bowels every single day to detox our bodies, to get rid of that excess estrogen. So it's so important to be eating. I always say like folate and fiber, think of dark leafy greens, dark leafy greens every single day in your diet. So those are three, you know, I've got lots. I don't want to like bombard you with all the things. So like protein, healthy fat, and then folate and fiber are big ones every single day thinking about how am I incorporating these in my daily diet? Amazing. Okay. So we've got remove, replace, and then the last two, the last two. So the third one, and as a holistic nutritionist, before I niched into preconception, my focus and my obsession, it still kind of is my obsession, but (laughs) is gut health. So it's repair. We need to repair the gut because as we both know, being a holistic nutritionist, it's about, you know, you could be eating the healthiest diet in the world, but if your gut is compromised, how are you going to actually absorb all of those amazing nutrients you're putting into your body? So you remove the foods, you replace it with the fertility boosting foods. And at the same time, you repair the gut. So there's so many different ways to repair the gut, but generally speaking, I always recommend for my clients is introducing those probiotic and prebiotic rich foods in your diet. So, you know, Luckily, we live in a world today where kombucha and sauerkraut and kimchi and kefir 
are readily found at grocery stores and more popular in mainstream media, right? Think about 20 years ago, if you drank kombucha, you'd be looked at sideways a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But the big one is repairing the gut by including fermented foods into your diet. And my magic healing elixir that I always recommend for fertility boosting foods is bone broth, Mm -hmm. homemade chicken bone broth, because bone broth has so much collagen and gelatin in it, and a lot of other wonderful nutrients that is very healing to the mucosal lining of the small intestines. For sure. And so I love recommending, especially, I mean, we both live in the same city, we're Canadian, and it gets cold half of the year. Yeah. So it's so nice to nourish and warm yourself up with, you know, healing bone broth. So repairing the gut with fermented foods, lots of collagen, if you can get it in the form of collagen powder, you can get it in the form of chicken bone broth. There's a lot of different ways we can get collagen in the daily diet. Amazing. Okay. And then the last R after we've repaired. After we've repaired, we then rebalance, we need to rebalance the hormones. And again, like all of these work in conjunction with each other. It's not like you're going to remove the foods for like two months, and then you're going to replace the foods the next two months, These kind of all work in conjunction together. But the last for balancing the hormones is really understanding how to stabilize the blood sugar. I think so many of us, so many women, so many people don't understand how to stabilize their blood sugar. And in my opinion, the stabilizing the blood sugar is precursor to balancing those hormones, right? So it's one component to it for sure. So teaching people how to kind of eat properly throughout the day, you know, knowing how to fuel themselves with the, you know, fat and protein fueled breakfast. And then I like to kind of drip the carbs a little bit more later in the day. Don't start your day with a carb heavy meal, end your day with a little bit more of your healthier carbs, and then kind of have fat and protein for breakfast. And then eating every three to four hours and then making sure that you're having fat and protein with every snack and meal throughout your day. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's a really great system to take people through and it's going to benefit them on so many different levels. So I'm really curious, do you find that there are underlying health imbalances that often impact women from getting pregnant? Is there something common that you see in your clients? Yeah, I've kind of seen it all. There's everything from PCOS to endometriosis to fibroids. I mean, PCOS is a big one. I see that quite a bit because that's one of the main endocrine disorders that women kind of deal with. And when you're dealing with PCOS, you have long irregular cycles and you potentially have insulin resistance. And that goes back to learning how to stabilize and regulate your blood sugar. Right. So, I mean, you know, whenever I kind of take on my one-on-one clients, every human is going to be dealing with a different kind of like their body is so unique. So it really does take time to kind of individualize each protocol. But I would say the main common themes that I see for sure is PCOS is number one. In addition to that, I say endometriosis is next, but then woven into all of that, there's always some sort of gut imbalance or gut issue that needs to be addressed as well. So those are kind of like the three top that I see, but You know, I've seen somebody who not only has endometriosis in their uterus, but they have endometriosis in their lungs and other areas of their body. So I've seen quite a few things where I'm like, I never knew this existed before. Right. It's yeah. Lots of learning. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's a new concept for so many listeners right now, like endometriosis in the lungs. Can you maybe just expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So I guess I I never realized this, but endometriosis can be found in all the different areas of the body. It's just scar tissue that's built up. Right. So this client that I was working with last year, she ended up having, yeah, she ended up having some sort of terrible asthmatic attack 
ended up going to the doctor and after tons and tons of many tests, you know, it took them a long time to figure out that it was actually endometriosis in her lungs. And it had spread to different areas of the body and different tissues in the body. She ended up having some in her back. And so they found some in her uterus as well. So that's kind of like the high level basic knowledge that I have, because it's quite a lot to go into. Like I didn't do the research to go into depth on the lung endometriosis. Totally fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. So I know that you spend a lot of time, obviously helping clients sync with their cycle and, you know, just really understand the process of their follicular phase and ovulation and luteal and the whole process. Can you maybe take us through a bit of that and what it really means to sync with your cycle? And I don't know if you're doing testing temperatures or cervical mucus, like some of these basic strategies that women can really start implementing today to really tune into their cycle. Absolutely. So I love to look at anybody's menstrual cycle as their monthly report card on how their hormones are doing. Because right every month you get your period and that's going to be like, okay, I got my period this month or I didn't get my period this month, what's that telling me about my hormones? Right. So yes. So my program that I have to kind of take my clients through is actually called master your cycle to help you get pregnant. <laughs> and it. so, yeah. So first and foremost, I think it's so important that women have this knowledge and are educated and empowered so that they're body literate. So many of us, you know, before I really dove into all of this, I'd say about over 10 years ago, I was not body literate. I didn't understand my body in this way. And I'm a woman, I've been on birth control. I've been off birth control. And I'm like, how come nobody taught me this? So first and foremost, it's so important for women to just understand their body and how it works. So typically with a general average menstrual cycle, somebody who has a quote unquote, I'm doing my air quotes now, a healthy menstrual cycle, you're generally going to see an average about 28 to 35 day cycle. That is about an average healthy cycle timeline. And then, you know, we've got three main hormones that ebb and flow we're going to be talking about just three main ones today throughout the cycle. This is estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And in the first two weeks of your cycle, as you had mentioned, we have the follicular phase where the follicle stimulating hormone releases estrogen from the ovaries. And that rises that estrogen to get the egg developed and prepared to release for ovulation. So in the first two weeks of our cycle, the rising estrogen is going to give women lots of confidence, lots of energy. It's going to make us extra horny during that time as Mm -hmm. we come up to ovulation, right? This is the way mother nature works. We were designed to procreate as the species. So naturally as the estrogen rises towards ovulation, you know, it increases our libido. And that also comes with that little testosterone spike. And so, yeah, the first two weeks of the cycle is marked by rising estrogen. You then ovulate. And then after you ovulate, estrogen begins to drop and then progesterone is the hormone that begins to rise. And for some of us or anybody listening, I'm sure at some point in any female life, we have experienced some form of PMS (laughs) and that is (laughs) right. And that is just the wonderful work of rising progesterone and dropping estrogen kind of happening in combination at the same time. Totally. And in order for us to get pregnant, we need to have the substantial rise in progesterone so that we can get pregnant and sustain that pregnancy. So naturally in the last two weeks of our cycle, it's actually quite interesting because if you tracked and charted your cycle using your BBT, which is your basal body temperature. So taking that temperature every single morning before you get out of bed and plotting it on a graph, you're actually going to see a sustained thermal shift in the second half of the cycle. And I want you to think about it this way, just like a mother hen sits on its eggs for 21 days, it's three weeks before they hatch, she cannot move off of those eggs for those 21 days before those little chicks hatch because they have to stay warm, right? right? And then they'll hatch. So our body does the same thing. 
just naturally. We don't even have to think about it. It does it naturally. Our body has that natural thermogenic effect. It raises our body temperature in the last two weeks of our cycle to keep our egg warm. Warm. Isn't that so cool? I love it. That was a great analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you know, you ovulate and then your body thinks, okay, she might be pregnant because we're in a semi-continuous state of pregnancy every single month. And so if the sperm fertilize the egg that happens in the fallopian tube over the next couple of days, it's going to kind of go through the fallopian tube and then eventually get into the uterus and then implant itself. That's like an anywhere between 10 to 14 day window the body has to stay warm within that time to make sure that egg, that kind of little embryo is viable, continues to be viable. And so that second half is marked by progesterone. So if you're taking the temps, you'll see the thermal shift. If you don't get pregnant a day before you get your period, you'll see the temp drop and then the cycle starts all over again. So that's just like a high level overview of kind of generally what happens from beginning to end. But is that helpful? Yeah, that's totally helpful, especially for, you know, a lot of women right now who are maybe listening and thinking about getting pregnant and wanting to take charge of their fertility, then this is really important to know. You got to start here and really monitor your cycle, tracking your temp. Like this can give you just so much data about your hormones and, you know, the health of your cycle. And also why maybe in the second half of your cycle, you feel so hot, (laughs) you know, trust me, so many women, so many of my clients are like, I'm having hot flashes. And I'm like, actually... (laughs) let's map where you are in your (laughs) cycle. Yeah, actually, you know, and sometimes it can feel like that. It really can. So I was just going to say by understanding and knowing your body, then we don't think we're crazy. Right. When I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who I was talking to, but this is not my quote. I don't remember who said it to me, but it's so important. She's like, women are not psycho women are. And I was like, Oh, that's so beautiful. It's such a nice way to put it. (laughs) Yes. That is a very nice way to put it. I love it. (laughs) So, you know, when it comes to supporting ovulation, because it's like the main you know, theme of our cycle, right? Obviously the method, the 4R method is really going to help that. But is there anything specific that women should really start thinking about to really optimize ovulation? Yeah. So I guess, like I said, just because you're drinking X amount of water or eating this amount of healthy fats or this many green vegetables three days before ovulation, you know, that's not going to be the maker or breaker of whether or not. So, you know, I will say one of the fertile signs, and you had mentioned it previously, but I didn't touch on it is cervical mucus. So if we think about ovulation time, right, it's marked by that rising estrogen, the estrogen peaks. And then that's when you're going to see a lot of that cervical mucus down there, either when you're wiping or in your underwear. For sure. And right. And that's kind of your fertile sign when like, go at it with your partner, this ovulation is potentially around the corner. Now, one of the biggest things and I know it sounds so simple, but to really make sure that we get that really nice, you know, viscous cervical mucus, because cervical mucus is needed to keep sperm alive. You know, we only really have a 12 to 24 hour window every single month to actually conceive. If we didn't have cervical mucus, it would be very hard for us to get pregnant. But because of that cervical mucus, that actually allows the sperm to stay alive for, I'd say about five to six days before you actually ovulate. So I always tell clients to optimize their cervical mucus as much as possible. One of the biggest things for that is hydration and making sure that, you know, we're drinking enough water throughout the day. And a lot of us are just chronically dehydrated, right. Overconsumed coffee, which is a diuretic and dehydrates you even more. And so one of the biggest things I'd say is make sure you're drinking enough water every day and a good rule of thumb. If you're listening, well, how much water do I need to drink? I always say about one liter for every 50 pounds of body weight. So you can just do the quick math in your head, figure right. out what that is. 
adjust accordingly on how much you exercise or what season we're in. For sure. But I would say for sure is, you know, getting in that adequate water intake. And then in addition to that, I would say, I mean, when you're leading up to ovulation as well, because of that rising estrogen, when you have such high estrogen, it's actually going to be an appetite suppressant effect on the body. So you also notice that your cravings and your appetite changes throughout your cycle as well, right? Your cycle is literally going to dictate anything, your mood, your sleep, your, (laughs) it dictates our lives. So it's better for us to just know this information. We can use it as a roadmap to help us optimize our health and our fertility as we move through our cycle. But naturally speaking, we are going to have a little bit of a lower appetite as we kind of approach ovulation. So just be mindful that you are eating enough, you're getting enough protein and you're eating enough fat and that you are stabilizing that blood sugar and eating throughout the day. Cause if naturally we have a suppressant appetite, we're like, Oh, we don't need to eat. Maybe you'll fast for eight or nine hours. And again, it all depends on the individual. Some people do intermittent fasting, but we're just talking about generally speaking in general terms, make sure that you still are getting in that food. Like for preparing for pregnancy, I don't like to do crazy fad diets. It's let's stabilize that blood sugar, learn how to eat properly. Cause when you get pregnant, it's very difficult. You can't fast. You cannot fast. For sure. So let's develop those healthy habits up front. So Yes, yeah, supporting ovulation is just drink lots of water, make sure you're getting in those healthy fats, adequate protein and eating regularly throughout the day. Awesome. Those are some great tips. Okay. So lastly, I'd love to dive into pregnancy testing because I know it can be confusing <laughs> for a lot of women. And what are just some really important things women should know when it comes to pregnancy testing or like choosing a test kit? Is there a better one? Maybe just take women kind of through that process. Yeah. So the biggest thing, and I mean, I hear this all the time is, and I'll say this and people will roll their eyes maybe, but try not to test too early. (laughs) That is the most challenging part, right? Everybody's like, am I pregnant? I need to know now. So try not to test early because it's just going to create more anxiety and stress. I mean, this is already an emotionally charged space with already a lot of anxiety and stress. So I always, you know, always tell my clients or everybody in my community just to, you know, if you're charting your cycle already, you are aware of where you are in your cycle, right? There's a lot of similar words there. Yep. So <laughs> I would say at least wait 12 to 14 days after you've ovulated and then take the test. You know, you ovulated four days later, test five days later, test six, seven, eight, nine, do your best to stay away from that and wait at least 12 days, chart your cycle, you'll see does the temp drop, or maybe the temp keeps rising. If the temp keeps rising, that that's a potential positive pregnancy, and then you can go take that test. So that's number one, try not to test (laughs) too early. And then secondly, another thing that I actually see a lot is there's two types of tests, you can get an ovulation predictor kit to see whether or not you have an LH surge, and then you can get a pregnancy test. And I've actually seen some women actually get confused and buy the wrong test. So when you are going to the gross or wherever you are to buy your pregnancy test, just make sure you're reading that label and that you are buying a pregnancy test and not an OPK, which is an ovulation predictor kit. So that's also just something to keep in mind and think of. I would say, you know, there are so many tests out there. Some are more expensive than others. I don't really actually have like a, you know, buy one that says this. I would just say, just make sure you're reading the instructions on the box properly. Every test is slightly different, can be slightly different. So just read the instructions properly over again so that, you know, you're testing appropriately and wait to test. That's my biggest one. And test in the morning. I'm sorry. The last point that I'd say is test in the morning because you're testing for your HCG levels and those are going to be highest in your morning urine. 
So when you are taking a pregnancy test, do it first thing. Awesome. Okay. Those are some great tips. And then in terms of ovulation test kits, do you find them valuable? Mm -hmm. So the ovulation predictor kit. So if you have PCOS, it's going to be very challenging for you to use the ovulation predictor kit because this, right. So with my clients, even for myself as well, as I gear up, as I'm charting my own cycle, I actually use the OPKs in conjunction with charting cervical mucus and basal body temperature. Because like you said, Sam, and I say this all the time as well, is collect as much data as you can. Let's get that data and we cross check all of them, right? Because we line up the basal, the temperature shift with the cervical mucus. And then those OPKs, the ovulation predictor kits, remember it doesn't confirm ovulation. It predicts that ovulation is coming in potentially 24 to 36 hours. So if we can start doing OPKs. Once we start seeing cervical mucus, you test, you're going to see like a fainter line and a stronger line. And you kind of chart that in your chart with your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus, you can get pretty close. It's not a hundred percent, but you can get like 98% close to figuring out when you do ovulate. So yeah, I definitely recommend using in conjunction with those other fertile signs. But again, if you have PCOS, don't rely on the OPKs because that's going to be extremely frustrating and challenging for you because you'll see a lot of LH surges throughout your cycle. Right. Okay. Awesome. That was all really good. And some really just like simple and high level like strategies that women can implement into their fertility journey. And I'm assuming women who are going to a fertility clinic or working with a fertility clinic, they are also going to benefit from this information as well. Right. Absolutely. A lot of my clients, I'd say about half of my clients are natural and half of my clients are at the fertility clinic. And I've got clients who have done maybe six IVF cycles are frustrated and fed up and then come find me. And then we start working together and then maybe they go back to the fertility clinic. But I will say again, so I have a three month program, this master your cycle to get pregnant program is an actual three month program. So again, I always get the partner to do a sperm analysis up front. I work with the data that, you know, the female client has, or I get them to do some more testing if I feel it's required. Right. And what I've seen with my clients working with the fertility clinic is once they do egg retrieval again, or the sperm analysis again, you know, three months after we've done the program, or sometimes we stretch it a little bit longer, you can see when they get the embryos and the blastocytes, I've had clients come back to me, say that the fertility doctors were like, what have you done? There has been tremendous improvements in the quality of this embryo. Amazing. So like we can, yeah, like the artificial reproductive technology, we're so lucky to be living in a time that we have this technology, but I really try and stress to everybody that is not the end all and be all solution. We still have to take time to focus on our health, optimize our body, create that environment in the body so that you'll have a higher success rate with the fertility clinic. So totally, it's absolutely, you can go both ways. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. Where can our audience connect with you and what do you have coming up? I know you have like a workshop that you're doing shortly. Share all that with us. Yeah, I'd love to. So I've got a workshop coming up. It's a free four day workshop actually, where we take the four R's that I just briefly and high level explained to you. And we actually work through it over a four day period. And so this is going to be coming out November 1st. And so you can actually head on over to my Instagram account. It's at naturally 
underscore Nora. And then under my link tree, you'll see a link there to join the free four day workshop. It's called the eat to kept pregnant workshop. So I'd love anybody who's interested if they'd love, yeah, to join that. And yeah, you can find me at naturally underscore Nora, or my website is www.naturallynora. There's no H at the end of my name. It's N O R A dot C A. So I'm sure maybe you'll put those in the show notes. Oh yeah, we'll have them all in the show notes. To grab, yeah. Perfect, awesome. Well, that was amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. And yeah, for all the women that are listening who are looking for support and eating their way to fertility, definitely check out Nora's workshop. That was awesome. Thanks again. Thanks, Sam. Thank you so much, ladies, for being with us today. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Nora. You can connect with her over on Instagram at naturally underscore Nora. And you can also head to the show notes, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 175. There's a link there to grab access to her Eat to Get Pregnant workshop, and you can connect with all of our different discounts and different show notes from our episode today. Thanks for being with us. And again, if there is anybody that you know can benefit from this information and any of our episodes, please do share it with them so we can support women globally. And if you haven't left us a rating and review, we appreciate them so, so much. And you can do so on any major podcast platform that you listen to us on. Thanks again. Have an amazing day. Take care. Ah!